meals. I wonder if you've ever had um, a, a meal that's been made more memorable by something unusual happening. Give you a second to think about that. My most memorable meal was a picnic on my GCSE results day. We all went for a long walk, five miles into the walk, went to get the picnic and discovered that we'd left it at home. The only thing we had was champagne, and I didn't even like it. So I don't know if you've had any memorable meals that have been changed by unusual things happening. In today's culture, we tend to like taking photographs of meals. Anyone like doing that? Who's a meal photographer? Yes, absolutely. Now, if this story that I'm about to tell you had happened today, it would probably be videoed, put on YouTube, and the title would be, Jesus was having an ordinary meal with his friends. Then something amazing happened. It will shock you. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. So there are lots of meals talked about in the Bible, and this is one that I'm going to be talking about now. Um, so the main character, got paint and microphone. Don't normally do this during assemblies. It's just paint. Let's see. Right then. Who's this story about? Jesus. You can already imagine you're in a school assembly. They don't hold back. Any, any opportunity to shout out. This story is about Jesus. So he was, um, the story happens two days before Passover, three years into his um, reign, um, ministry as um, uh, someone coming to proclaim the good news, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to let people know that the kingdom of heaven is near. He um, is at a place called Bethany, and he is at a man called Simon the leper's house. Um, two things we know about Simon. One, he was called Simon. Two, he was a leper. Ah, okay, three things we know about Simon the leper. One, his name was Simon. Two, he was probably a leper. And three, he lived in Bethany. Ah, okay, four things we know about Simon the leper. One, his name was... Two, he was probably a... Three, he lived in Bethany. And four, Jesus was having food at his house. Thank you very much. That's really helpful. Um, so Jesus had been followed around for three years. He had a large group of people. He had 12 disciples and friends who wanted to follow him. He had people who liked him. He'd also made lots of enemies at the time as well. But in those days and in Jerusalem, it was hot. People used to eat outside rather than inside. Um, so there would have been a large crowd here. I'll draw them in. So there were lots of people there when, when he was having his meal. And there was also a lady here as well. Let's draw her in with her little head. There. Now this particular lady had been following Jesus around for a while. And she had brought with her at this meal her most expensive and precious possession, it was an alabaster jar full of perfume that was probably her most expensive and the thing that she prized most in her life. And she got through the crowd and managed to get quite close to Jesus. She's here. Let's reach her out. Just put the black in with the red so it's going to look a bit funny from now on. With her jar, she cracked it and broke it. She poured the perfume on Jesus' head. So we've seen it. She's just poured perfume on Jesus' head. Let's get some perfume and it's dribble, 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 dribble. And it probably would have, would have had a fragrance as well. 
So we've heard the story that she poured perfume on his head, and we can see it. Let's act it out. Who would like to have perfume poured on their head? <laughs> Actually, I was wondering how many people would volunteer, and no one has, because it's a very bizarre thing to have perfume poured on your head. I wasn't actually going to because I didn't think that the risk assessment would be very good. And I was just going to pour a tiny bit of water and then spray a tiny bit of perfume. So I'll do that. I'll spray the perfume. I acknowledge that if anyone's allergic to perfume, you can go and watch this talk from the foyer now. Let's see. Ooh, want some perfume? There you go. <laughs> Would you like a little bit of water poured on your head as well? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well done, very brave. I mean, surely if you're going to talk, talk about perfume, you need to ha have the smell of perfume as well. So, some of those present would have um, not been paying attention to what was happening to Jesus. It would be very busy, and this woman would have been in the corner pouring perfume on. But as soon as they could smell the perfume, people would have stopped. Can you smell that? What's going on? What? Jesus is covered in perfume. It's pouring down him, the smell. And I don't know what you feel about um, having... I think the, the people at the beginning are starting to smell the perfume. It, it would have stopped them short. What's going on? What would people's view have been? Like, oh, that's unusual. Not, um, don't see it very often, but hey. But actually, what we're told is that the people were cross and indignant. Not only was it smelly, but it was a whole year's worth of wages. That was her most precious possession. With my little perfume bottle, I can put the lid on, I can use it, I can keep it and use it another time. As soon as she broke that jar, it had to be used there and then. A whole year's worth of wages. In fact, we're, we're told that it was something called nard, and I bought a tiny bit off Amazon. If I'd bought a whole pint, it would have cost between 500 and 1,000 pounds. Not a whole year's worth of wages, but not worth spilling on someone's head in a church service just for fun. So the people in the, who were at the meal were cross and indignant. Don't you know that that would have cost a year's worth of wages? That lady could have sold that and given that money to the poor. That would have been a much better use of that perfume. And I, I, I asked for volunteers. If I had just unwilling, or I, if I'd come up to you and you were unwilling and I'd poured that on your head, you might have felt even more strongly about having perfume poured on your head. So what was Jesus' response? And maybe it should shock us that his response was, what she has done was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. The poor you will always have among you, but you won't always have me. I, this lady has prepared my body for burial. Truly, I tell you that wherever this story is told, she will be remembered. And here, 2,000 years later, this story is being told, and she is remembered. We don't even know her name, but we know that what she did for Jesus was beautiful. So the people at the table, 
they could have gone, okay, Jesus was fine with that, that's cool. Him for three years was so cross and indignant that he went, that is enough. I don't want to follow this Jesus. He is not my king. He is not my savior. And he left and he found the people who were Jesus' enemies and looked for an opportunity to betray Jesus to them. They were thrilled and they gave him money. So that's, that's this story here. But we have some questions to ask. These, when it comes to Jesus, there are always going to be questions. Why did, this, why did this lady use all her perfume on Jesus? She could have just given him a hug. She could have bought some flowers. She could have said thank you. She could have given this perfume, sold it, given him the money. But she didn't. Why not? Well, I think this woman knew her Old Testament. She knew her Hebrew Bible. She knew about the anointing, and she knew that Jesus was special. He was. Jesus is king. She knew that. She knew that this perfume didn't make him a king. He already was. It's a symbol. So I love the way that the Old Testament and the New Testament interweave. That's why I wanted to watch that video and read about the kings and the priests being anointed, because that's why Jesus was anointed. She recognized that Jesus is her king. She was willing to give up her most valuable possession to bless King Jesus with it. She didn't know that two or three days later, Jesus was going to die on a cross and that there wouldn't be time to bury him properly and anoint his body. But Jesus did, and he knew that what she had done was to prepare his body. And it was a beautiful thing, and here we are remembering it today. So what does this story mean for us today? So in the Bible, priests and kings were anointed so that they could be a bridge between heaven and earth. But we know that they didn't do a very good job. They failed. But God had provided a rescue plan. Let's use this one here. By ourselves, we can't ever hope to please God properly because there are too many things in our lives that get in the way. Things that we do wrong, things that we say wrong, things that we should do but we don't do. And the Bible calls this sin. In one of our hymns, it talks, or the songs that we sing, it talks about a great big chasm between us and God. Right then. Quickly make that God, not goo. So the women are wearing trousers today. So there is nothing that we can do to bridge the gap between us and God because the wrong things that we do get in the way. But God knew this and he had a rescue plan in place. He sent his son Jesus to live and show that the kingdom of God is near and die on a cross for us. And when he died, 
He took all the wrong things that we've done, all our sin and shame and the bad things, and he took them onto his body on the cross. He died. But three days later, he rose again, showing that our sin and our And by rising again, he has dealt with our sin, and he is the bridge between us and God. The most important thing that we can do in our whole lives is to look to the cross and know that we are made right with God through Jesus. So we saw at the meal at Simon's house that people responded differently to Jesus. Some people loved him. Some people went, that's enough. I don't want anything to do with him. People still respond differently to Jesus today. The woman knew that Jesus was her king. Do you? What's your response to Jesus today? When I was seven years old, I decided that I was going to follow Jesus, that he was going to be my king. I talked to him in a prayer and said something like this, Jesus, I believe that you're my king. I believe that you died on the cross and that all the wrong things that I've done have been taken away because of your your death and your resurrection. I want to follow you all the days of my life. And I'm still living that and still praying that. When the band come up in a few minutes, I'd like us to have a little bit of time before that to think, what is your response to Jesus today? Is he your king? Have you been living for him for a long time? Is now the time to start that? Or is now the beginning of a journey to think, I want to find out more about Jesus? But yeah, I'll invite the band up now. Thank you.